church boys. So I don't even know where we're starting right now. Um, I do. Billy's, I do. Billy's looking awfully okay. pretty today. <laughs> I'm but, very. Uh, I do. I dressed up for you guys. Um, so we're actually starting with the election <laughs> still because it, apparently huh. it hasn't ended. You know, according to Trump, but the rest of the country is ready to move forward now. I do find it interesting that we have a, probably a solid chunk of the country that think the republic's being stolen from them, and then the like other 56%. like the other percent, fifty six percent of the Something country like um, is very very convinced that things are being stolen. Now, Lucas, where are you at on this? That's where we need to start. I need to know what you are. You still like Team Trump with all of this? I am Team Get to the bottom of it. So <laughs> I'm not going to say. I mean, to me. It's it's a place for trials, hearings, um, you know, if it goes to the Supreme Court in order to figure out where things stand. I'm convinced that there is at least um, at least there's voter fraud at some level, whether or not it's at the level, you know, of a Dominion machine or something like that. I don't know, right. um, but it's at some level. And so any voter fraud for me is too much voter fraud. So, like so I think one, it's something one that everybody voter, should be aware of. One, yeah, one if, instance of voter fraud is too much and therefore should be taken to court and made it be a national thing. Of yeah, I mean, here's the deal. If, the if people looked at voter fraud the way they did with COVID, you know, because if you're in a conversation about COVID and you go, well, 98.9% of the people or whatever it is, you know, survive, people have a fit about that, you know, one point something percent or 0.4% or whatever their newer stat is. And but when it comes to voter fraud, if you say the same thing, all of a sudden people go, well, that's not a very big thing. and We don't have to worry about that. And so, yeah, we are talking about life, but we're also talking about the life of this nation. And I that, think that, that actually works in reverse, too, by the way. The people who don't think COVID is an issue at all love <laughs> love focusing on the very small percentage sure. of voter fraud cases that exist. <laughs> that that might be the case. But I think that we have to at least, you know, the, the difference is we have. Well, I was going to say we know the numbers for COVID, but I don't think we know the numbers for COVID either. And China, you know, has kind of the China report kind of proved that here recently. But no, the, no, no. Nobody knew about that, Lucas. CNN uncovered right, that. Right, right. Yeah, Ten months after the rest yeah. of us knew. Breaking the church news. boys uncovered it much sooner than that. Um, but I think that, you know, we have to go through the process. And it, when you have this much of the country that is skeptical of an election result, and let's face it, do you really think, that that Biden, you know, when we're seeing stats like Barna just came out, I think this is in uh, uh, one of the articles even we were passing around that Barna came out saying that more evangelicals voted for Trump in 2020 than even in 2016. And so, you know, when yeah. you're seeing those kind of things, Did you reported, say more evangelicals. Yeah, the Christian vote was higher in 2020 for Trump than 2016. I believe Barna just came out with. I've seen research that shows different numbers though on that too so it'd be interesting i trust barna I, i'm curious to know how see if i can people find are measuring if I'm making it. that up or not but uh no no i don't think you i i've seen different numbers on it there was one that showed it was just a few percentage points down and mm. that there were some attributing that to the fact that that actually attributing that to trump's loss that he lost some evangelicals that he had i mean he lost women that's that's where trump had his biggest problem is women fled from him and went to the Democrats. And, you know, by the way, I mean, your question of do we think here's the thing. Trump didn't get the popular vote last time. So to expect that he was going to get it this time. I don't it, that's that's irrelevant for me. The question I have is how does Biden, who didn't do any campaigning, get more votes than any president ever? Because people were determined because people were 
people were determined to get rid of Donald Trump. That's why. I don't buy it. I don't well, buy it. I will tell you that we've never had in our lifetimes a you know worldwide pandemic. There's that. People were fired up about that on both sides, right? And you had people who were passionate about it. Um, and you have you know tweets like this one three minutes ago from Donald Trump. People in Georgia got caught cold, bringing in massive numbers of ballots and putting them in voting machines. Great job, Brian Kemp. So Trump has been just saying these things. You know, I I, I actually feel like there's never been a president more mistreated by the media and there's never been been a president who says more hateful insane things at the same time both things can be true and and if and he so had, and if he had better if he had not acted like a horse's rear end in that first debate i think things would have changed i mean, that's a huge, I mean obviously that would have helped him. his it's situation all, you know for sure um unless unless we actually have a situation of voter fraud well, like stacy abrams got like stacy abrams got into the dominion dominion voting machines in georgia and changed everything is what you're sure and look do i know any of that no i mean i'm not going to be the guy no, who's going to say you know why? i've not looked at the evidence you know why you don't know any I've of that not... didn't happen <laughs> i would tell you that i think there are no i do not believe it happened to the level that would have shifted an election because there are enough republicans who are saying this is crazy there are enough people I mean, we're acting as though nobody went in and watched. There were poll watchers everywhere. The all of these stories have not added up. What I'm what I'm fearful of, and I and I want you guys to push back on me here, but we we're walking around telling the world we have this savior who's amazing. He loves you. Here's this truth that's going to change your life. And all the same people and saying by the way, that his skin is are orange. convinced that Polly Pocket came alive, climbed into voting machines, and changed the votes. And so nobody's ever going to trust the first thing yeah. because we are allergic to truth yeah. and it's happening in the church. And that's to me, that's, yeah, that's, I'm not saying don't investigate it. I'm not saying, but I am saying, I think there are people when, who I when know we make comments on it. This, you know, when you're, you're, when you're this strong against it or against the ideas before there's formal investigations that are done, you know, then, the then I think that it, it discourages that investigation from happening in people's minds. And so I think that we should just, I mean, I honestly, like, I don't have to have an opinion about it yet. I can just go, look, I'm, I'd be surprised if Biden won, you know, the votes that he did. There seems to be enough people talking about this. It's worth having the, the investigation and let's let the courts figure it out. And I think that, you know, when we just become cynical that, you know, that, that the, the side that's saying that there is fraud, you know, that it can't be true and that all this stuff has been disproven, these sorts of things before, before an investigation's done, before I'm, the court I'm not you know, saying, hearings are done. I'm not saying that it, can't be true. I'm just saying that it isn't true. I because I have watched the testimony. We have read the evidence, and the, it's lacking at best. It's like well, it's a and, lot of. I think there's a lot of made up nonsense being spouted by. Uh, granted, listen, I don't think that the Democrats are truth, truth tellers. Don't don't get me wrong on this, right? I no, would, no, there's, no, no, there was uh, out, out of the three of us here. I would probably be the second happiest person here to see the to see the election change. And like, you mean there was that much fraud, <laughs> right? I mean, certainly nobody can beat Lucas for that. But it, listen, Donald Trump lost this election on his own. He didn't. If all he had to do was not get away from this person, woman, man, <laughs> camera, TV. He sticks with that message right there. He wins in a walk, but he couldn't do it, could he? <laughs> But here's the thing, and this is why people are pushing back, though. This is why 
I'm not saying it's not possible that it could have happened. I don't believe it happened. I don't think there's yeah. any evidence. And why people are acting the way that I am about it now, I mean, Eric Erickson, there's some people who are going very far yeah. with how upset they are with how the right is handling this, is that you have essentially people saying this election was definitely stolen. You have the president saying this election was stolen. That's the, that's the crap that people in third world countries say. That's the stuff that happens in places that that I don't want America to ever be. And it's scary to me that we so easily would, you know, you're concerned about people questioning it. I'm concerned about the people saying it definitely happened. That's concerning. Yeah. If, and again, like this is, it's perfect storm because I don't think people would be saying these things if we didn't simultaneously see our government in multiple states acting like a third world country and telling people they can't walk down the street or whatever it is. So we have all of, you know, we have this behavior that we've never seen before in America, you know, this kind of draconian, you know, um, policies that are coming out. And then we're wondering why the whole nation doesn't trust the government anymore. It's because, you know, they've told us, we're going to keep you safe, stay in your house, you can't leave, you know, while they do whatever they want. And so it's that hypocrisy, I think, that's causing people to go, look, there's something else going on here. And there's a grab for power. And at what level? I don't know. But, you know, there's enough allegations that there is at least it would be it would be almost impossible with as many places that they're investigating this. That there's not at least um, uh, significant fraud, at least at local levels and possibly the national level. I think it's worth looking at. Is it true? I don't know. But I, I want these hearings to continue. And my hope is it goes to the Supreme Court. So what is I what? do not want him to win at the Supreme Court because we will no. never recover from no. from that. The so right let, will not let, recover. Let from me ask. Let me ask you. That. Let me ask you, Lucas. Uh, so, what have you seen? Like, I have spent a whole lot of time with the Blaze, and we're we're digging into these stories. And what have you seen that convinces you that there is some sort of massive voter fraud going on? I don't deny that there is some voter fraud. I think that that happens every election, but to the extent and level that the Trump campaign is talking about, where. There's, there's enough voter fraud to overturn Michigan and or Pennsylvania and or Georgia and or Wisconsin and or Arizona and or Nevada that th that's stuff that I'm not buying into largely because in my job, in my capacity at, at, as on the news team, we're not seeing that evidence. We're just we're seeing we're see, we're hearing reports, we're hearing claims, we're seeing and reading lawsuits, but I'm not seeing massive evidence. That, that's believable evidence, I should say. You know, as we as we were talking about earlier, um, you know, offline here that, you know, I was saying, what what do other people at the blaze, you know, hold to? I mean, there's you guys have on air personalities yeah. that, you know, are saying are reporting differently on that. Correct. Well, they're 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 seeing. Um, let me I, I want to be fair to the people that I work with. Right. You got Dace and you've got back and you've got pat gray and you know, you know Stu's pretty as you know if you know Stu Gear, he's really even keel on all this kind of stuff he's about data he's about not jumping to conclusions um not that these other guys automatically jump to conclusions but you know if you know if you know Stu at all you know he's very even keel but they are listen first of all they're entertainers and they have a listening base that that has a certain point of view and they want to Make sure they're not alienating that point of view. I think that is a fair thing to say. I think any analyst of any kind <laughs> would acknowledge that. Yeah. Okay. But I will then I will then follow that with. Uh, I, it has been our job as an editorial team, as a news team, to go. We're going to actually dig into these things, and here's what we have found, and here's the evidence or non-evidence. 
They're more of a, here's what's being claimed. Let's talk about what's being claimed rather than, can I, does that make sense? I, I, I don't want to, I don't want I'm trying to be nice here because these are people I work with. And if they listen to this show, they're going to go, what are you saying about us? And I don't want that. I don't want <laughs> You're the not saying anything negative. Stuff. The reality is people, we have become a nation of the self. And, the, and I'm not talking about the people who work at the blaze, a nation of the self. And we're all guilty of it. And we want whatever the self wants and the self on the right wants Trump to have won. And so whatever it needs to happen in order for that alternative reality to take form. And I just want to add, this has only helped Biden. He is now up to 81,264,673 votes. Yes. He has actually increased his popular vote lead 51.3% to Trump's 46.9%. It's over 7 million yeah. difference now. There's yeah. no way that 7 million votes were fraudulent. I'm sorry. Right. There could be fraud, but it's not 7 million votes. So again, like, you know, we have to figure out in this process, you know, a couple things. Like you have voter irregularities, you have, you know, voter fraud on some sort of a massive scale that, you know, is at least a consideration that that we're asking about. And then you have, um, you know, I think, uh, uh, you know, just um, things like, you know, that are happening on just local levels. Uh, so, you know, when we're seeing uh, when we're seeing the number of um, uh, unsolicited ballots that are going to you know, deceased individuals, and you're seeing that deceased individuals voted in the election. Like, that's a thing that's been being talked about for years. That's not new that's to 2020. New, right. That's we know that that's a real thing. It's the left has been, you know, uh, kind of accused of that in the past. And so that's an issue that should not be allowed to continue. Correct. And regardless of who wins the election, I totally agree. I don't with see, that. I don't, I, yeah, would the right love to see Trump win? Sure, they would. But I don't think this is about Trump winning, at least for me. To For me, it's about, did we have a fair election? And that's what I want, you know, more for, for anything for this nation. If Biden won fairly, you know, then that's one thing. If there is if there are irregularities, if there's voting laws that have been violated and if there is fraud at any level, then I think that we have a case to uh, to investigate and to eventually hear. And so, you know, what I'm seeing in this process you know, so the 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 kind of the dead people voting is that's the low level stuff that has just been going on for years. We shouldn't tolerate it, but we have. And so that is an issue, but it's not the main issue. You know, the thing that was that stood out the most for me was the number of what appeared to be voting laws that were violated and changed uh, without proper, you know, um, uh, uh, you know, process, I guess, at a state level you know, where we have the left sending out attorneys, uh, you know, and there was a lot of attention on that early on. And now, obviously, the big thing is the Dominion software and the question of that. The Dominion stuff's above my pay grade. Can I tell you that? Can I explain why, you know, the, the, the you know, everybody's worried about the vote curve in the middle of the night and these sorts of things that, you know, I don't have to have an opinion about that. I trust that we're going to get experts on both sides to look at that, to hear that out. That's not going to be solved by some lady in the mailroom that says, oh, I saw this thing happen. You know, <laughs> that's going to be solved by like real data, you know, experts that are investigating this and really doing their homework. And I hope that the right answer comes to this. What I do know is that if we continue to allow voter fraud that we know about or voter, you know, uh, violations of, of, you know, voting laws and all these things, if we allow that to continue, whether it's this election or a future election, we will stop having fair elections. Yeah. And so I think we have to stop long enough at this one, take a hard look at it, even if that means that, you know, uh, you have to swear in, you know, Biden in January. 
regardless, this thing should go through and the process should be gone through to ensure that, you know, this place stays United States of America and not a, you know, a socialist country any more so than it's becoming. I I understand. I think we should investigate voter fraud. I think I think that my issue is that I'm watching this sort of dumbfounded that so many of the people I have liked and respected and I still really like and respect cannot imagine a world in which Trump wouldn't win when I feel like anybody watching what has gone on for the past four years should be able to understand why Trump might not have won. Yeah, but I like, think you're I think you're unfair. Um, I, I mean, how is yeah, that unfair? Yeah, yes, here's how fight, it's unfair. Fight, fight, you know, it, does Trump have um, does does he have Trumpisms that that make some people go, oh, he's mean or he's this or he's that? Sure, he does. But, you know, when you look at from before, you know, before he even came into office, the amount of scrutiny he had. I mean, the, I remember the first news story I, I saw when you know when he was elected was richard branson and a bunch of other billionaires were meeting down on his island to talk about how they were going to take him out like that was a usa today reported like this is what we're getting together to do and you know we've seen the fruit of that this entire time and he's not been treated fairly as a president he's not been given any sort of respect that we would see from other presidents and so shocking that half the country you know despises him when we have reporting the way that we do you but know, do you think them. he's acted? Do you think he's honestly acted with the respect towards the presidency and the office that he holds in the way that other presidents have? I think that he's done what he has felt that he's had to do in order to keep the country together, to push back against the bad actors, and to try to get some semblance of fair reporting. I've now, been I'm not the saying that. I've been the biggest critic of the press on Trump, and you, I, I constantly You've not been talk, the biggest credit critic. I, of the press I, I on honestly Trump. have gone out on no, a limb many he's times. He's talking, he's talking mass wise. He's not talking like, <laughs> oh, shut up, Chris. But like on this show in 2016, I was a massive critic of the way the press is, and I think the press they've done a terrible job. I think they're equally obnoxious and equally responsible for the obnoxiousness. He, th there's no world in which he needed to call people horse faces. There's no world in which he needs to tweet lies. He is the biggest liar on the face of the We've earth. We've seen that on both sides, though. I mean, you can't act like it's just both him sides that that happened. But I'm but, an independent. I don't belong to here, either party. Here's the difference, think. though. When if if Trump had a moment like that, the press was on it. If Biden had a moment like that, they asked him what his favorite ice cream was. Agreed. So, but Trump has a moment like that 20 times a day now. I mean, his Twitter feed is Biden's not Biden's whole Twitter feed is that right now. I mean, he's taking you know I, credit for the I vaccine and all this other sort of well, stuff. Well, yeah, so, I don't. I don't trust Biden. I didn't vote for Biden. I don't like Biden. But I will say, if I had to say who's a nicer man. I'm probably going to have to say Biden. And that's who, unfortunate. Let me ask you this question. Who would you leave alone with? Who would you leave your daughter alone with in the room? Neither. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, look, I, I, I think know. that. Is there a case? I would, I, I'm afraid that both of them would not know where they were because it's, we're dealing with a ma mass amounts of senility across the board. Now, listen, I, I'm not trying to be unfair. My point with what I initially said was, I don't understand why people are so shocked he might not have won. You said that was unfair. It's shocking to me that people are like, can you believe it? Yeah, I can believe it. Yeah. I've been alive for the last four years watching it. 
I voted for him the first time. Let's remember that. See, that that's not where I'm at, though. I'm not sitting here going, I can't believe that Trump lost. You know, I mean, you're it, not. It, am I shocked? But they're not on the show right now. So that's that's this. This my opinion is what matters in the Trump camp. So he's, he's beating you in abstention. That's what's right. Happening. Yes, it's that's like, exactly what's happening. And so a, yeah. the you know, from my standpoint, like it's there is enough. There's enough, you know, uh, eyewitnesses. There's enough evidence that's out there. That means that we should look at it and we have to look at it and we have to go through with it. And and regardless if some of it is fabricated, regardless if it's some of it is just, you know, false allegations, it has to be sorted through in order for us to be able to come to any sort of conclusion. And if we want to really build trust, then then the bad actors at any level, even if it doesn't change the election, if it doesn't change the election, <laughs> what we <laughs> what we have to we have to remember to take away Billy's privileges of the uh, the, the scroll bar at the bottom. Um, if. If it doesn't change the election, that's not what matters. What matters is if there is fraud, whether it's left or right, that it is dealt with, it's prosecuted, and that it doesn't happen again. Yeah, yeah, of course. I just, you know, my, of my course, you should be able to say, I agree with that, Lucas. I agree 100%, with you, but I'm not going to. I agree I believe with you, but I in this can't. Country, and I want to see it. Continue I believe in this thrive. country enough for us not to. I, I believe in this country enough for us not to obsess over false narratives to bring money to the RNC for fundraising purposes. And that's there much, you go, ding, ding, ding. If I, I believe oh in that little bell, I go, ding, ding, oh ding, my ding, gosh. ding, ding. They have because raised two, is, over two hundred million dollars since November fourth. This is all about the fundraising right now. This is not about overturning an election. This is not about winning any votes. This does, is not about does, any of that. This does is Beck all, need another co-host? This is all about, <laughs> this is, <laughs> this is all about, and, and I don't mean, I don't mean, I don't mean for somebody like, like a Lucas or Trump supporters. I'm talking about. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh. Oh, so much scroll bar abuse going on right yeah, now. Oh, I love it. This is, for, uh, for those who can't see, I'm I'm creating banners that are appearing across our screen. See, this so. is why. So you're. This is a perfect example of what happened to Trump. So he's got a oh, valid yeah. point. You're, you're he's laughed like at Donald by the media, Trump. and then they publish false narratives at so, the bottom of the scroll but, bar. Uh, anyway, what I'm what I'm what I, I don't even know what I was saying. But, oh yes, I don't mean I don't Some mean sort of dribble. For, for folks like. For folks like Lucas or 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 even even more rabid Trump fans, people who are more rabidly pro Trump than than Lucas is, uh, I'm I'm talking about for the the RNC types, for the uh, you know, call about the Matt Schlapp types, the <laughs> everybody at the, this, at the this is out of control. Everybody here at the RNC, this is about fund raising. This is what this is. Right now, this is this is an opportunity to rake in millions and millions of dollars. So, do you think Trump's going to want it, uh, win in uh, twenty twenty four? Do you no. think he'll run? Uh he might run. I think I'm hoping that by twenty twenty four that the party has gotten him out of his system, and they're like, "We're not doing this again." Yeah, but that's not up to the party. That's up to that. Is I don't know to, the party. The party is the, going on, and the Republicans are the, going on and on about how they want him so bad. The is, party's got some other to, issues. That is up sure. to the voters. But yeah, um, mm. I, can we can we start? Did we start the show yet? I don't even know no, if we, we should, started the show. We should we, probably can start, we start it. Yeah. I'm about ready to end it. There <laughs> <laughs> uh, we go, ladies and gentlemen. Hello. From the sublime to the ridiculous. Billy Holloway. Hey, does this suit make me look fat? It's not what he said, you ignorant wretch. Chris Field. 
bad guy in Little Gold. Let me tell you why I suck. Lucas Miles. I want you to forget what you saw here today. Aw, I've interrupted happy time. The Church Boys. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I hate these guys. So, William, uh, do yes. we need to, do we need, um, COVID-19? <laughs> do we have any COVID updates to, to provide? Um, because I know that that is something that you and I have been talking about and dealing with and not like personally we have COVID, but. That, I can't stop talking about COVID and I want to stop talking about it so bad. I never want to hear about it and again. Yet, every day stop. when you call me, that's all what you lead about. with. You are more obsessed than really like is. a, you know. Uh, a stalker of a supermodel when it comes to COVID. He really is. I have, kind to, of I have to say that I'm just going to get myself in trouble. I should just shut up today. I hope you do. I, I, I have found it remarkable that the people who have struggled the most. Oh, shut up, Billy. To, the people who have struggled the most. Here comes. Here comes. Here comes. Here comes. Understand that there is a virus that killed over 3,500 people yesterday. The worst death day yet. They have they have a very hard time seeing that they they said they see voter fraud everywhere though, it's like the same people. There's voter fraud everywhere, but there's this virus isn't killing anybody. It's just it's just the flu, and that has been remarkable to watch. I have to say, so, and but, that that has made me very happy to be an independent since 2012. So, I, one of the things that has brought me joy is that Billy's family. Not, I'm I'm talking your your folks are very health conscious, right? They have and, not left the house right. in like months. Yeah, there's, there's that. <laughs> uh, yes. They're very health conscious, and they're and they're very. I don't want to say worried about the virus. I don't. I don't want to put. I think they're a little worried. worried. I, I, my dad's they're, high they're risk. So very. He's worried, yeah. They're being very. They're taking every preventative measure possible. Yes. Right. Yes. And they're and, is it fair to say that they're critical of those who don't take equal measure? Definitely. Okay. So. Yeah. I, what I love though is that he. You've been having conversations with them, and that your dad says. <laughs> I sure hope you don't get it. And why is that, Billy? Because you're I'm large. Huge. I'm large. He's very worried you're... about how large I am and how that's going to put me at risk. And his, um, shall we say, weight group has what is morbidly obese, they say. So that has brought me such joy. And every time we talk about this, it gets brought up I again. I can't. I can't. Yeah. My, he was like very gingerly made it a point that he's worried that my obesity will lead me to die of COVID. Uh, which apparently is something that could happen, but um, oh, speaking no, it's of which, did you fill out, <laughs> Lucas? Did you fill out the uh, the little form on the, the New York Times where you could see where you would where where would you would wind up in line to get the <laughs> no, vaccine? I didn't do that. So they did a like, where do you live? Do you have health concerns? You know, and all mm -hmm. and it just it was only like, what was it? Three questions, Billy? Yeah, yeah. And so like I filled mine out, and I came in, I came in like two hundred and two hundred and I would be number 288 million in line, right? Like <laughs> way the in the back, essentially the end of yeah. the line. And Billy's like, I'm like number 20 million. <laughs> 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 and it's because he's, well, morbidly uh -oh. obese. I, I hate you both. Um, are you guys going to get the vaccine? No. I've, I already, ha I I've already had COVID. That lasts like three months, just so you know. Okay, Look, first of all, there was... No, you there don't was, know that. New studies oh, that came out that have said no. That it could be a uh, mul it could be a number of years that it lasts. 
that the, the well, there's a hundred and two year old woman who has survived it twice, according to well, CNN. if she survived it twice, story. then I feel like my odds are pretty good. So no, I won't be getting it. Um, like ever? you might not be you might not be flying then. How do you feel about that? Well, the rumor is airlines will require it. They, I, I don't, I don't doubt that. We live now in a the United Socialist States of America, so we are on our way. But I'm going to continue to rebel and uphold my little my little slice of freedom here in Indiana. So what I is, will. What is your what is your reason for not taking? I, I'm not saying pro or con because I have questions and concerns about it too. Don't yeah. don't get me wrong. Don't don't read anything into my into my question other than. What is your reason for saying no? You won't be taking the vaccine. So, so a couple things. So, first of all, um, do I think some people should take the vaccine? I'm not. I'm not holistically like an anti-vaxer. Okay. And so, um, I've had a ton of vaccines. I, you know, I've been to Africa. You can't go there and come back without getting a yellow fever vaccine. So, I've had that before. I've had typhoid vaccines. I mean, I've had I've had more vaccines promised than probably anybody you know in the conversation here. And so, um. But but I think there's also there's risk with vaccine. Mm -hmm. And so we're seeing things like autoimmune conditions increase and other things mm -hmm. that, you know, and I, I really believe that my health was, uh, you know, that I had, you know, for, uh, you know, without going too much in depth on that, I felt like I had some side effects as a result of a vaccine that I received um, that that I probably shouldn't have. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if I don't have to do this, if I don't have to get a vaccine, then I'm not going to. Uh, is it something that, you know, um, you know, I don't think it's the mark of the beast. I don't think it's any of those sorts of things. I think that, you know, when uh, but I don't think it should be forced on people. I think we okay. should have the ability to to choose. You know, it's not uh, it's and again, if the vaccine works, if everybody else on the plane has it and I don't, then, you know, OK, that's where we're at. Uh, and, and we're not seeing that, um, you know, we're just the, the stats are just still the math here is so bad on covid yeah. and i know billy like you you know you focus on like the number of deaths but like you know what is it? the the un study said 130 million additional uh people will starve this year as a result of the shutdowns you know that's a problem 80 million kids are reported to you know um are now at risk of contacting uh contracting deadly diseases as a result of you know, not having access to other vaccines and not being able to go to doctor's appointments like they would have in the past. And so, you know, there's all sorts of issues on both sides. So, we, you know, it's terrible if any person dies, but I think that we've blown this whole thing out of proportion. And and it is it is a serious condition for people that have impaired health. Uh, but I think for the majority of of the populace, uh, you know, it's it's not it's not much. You know, it, it, it is going to respond very similar to the flu. So, um and there was a Johns Hopkins uh, article that came out and they retracted it because it was being used as a, on in misinformation campaigns, even though the there was nothing there's not in misinformation within the article, but it was feeling a narrative that the experts didn't like. And that was that covid that the covid death count might be over over counting and uh, whatever. But we can talk about that another time. Um, uh, so let me, ask, let, let me ask you this. Uh, if you knew if, if there was, however it is, you would come to know this. If you knew that the vaccine for COVID was 100% safe. Sure. And that it was effective. Would you then take it? If it was a safe, if, if I could put an additional thing, if it was safe, it was, if it was effective and if it wasn't made from aborted cells. And I think that's oh, another thing. That, okay. 
Yeah. yeah. And because I right now, I mean, I just talked to Abby Johnson about this here recently. You know, her her uh, her study and research on it was that at least two of the three were made out of, you know, aborted aborted stem cells, um, you know, and and I think that, uh, you know, I mean, it, it's a tough call, you know, in situations like this, but that's not something I really want to go out of my way to support. Um, so if, if that wasn't the case and it was hundred percent safe and it, you know, there was no side effects and all those sorts of things, then, then why not? You know, mm -hmm. but, but that's not the world we live in. Right. Um, I think, I mean, I don't think there is a good answer. I'm not going to say, I think we've blown it out of, I think some people have blown it out of proportion in terms of how they like LA, like the, the decisions that are being made don't make sense. Um, but I do think that there is not anything else similar to this that has affected as many people as this has even if you're only getting sick from it we don't really know what the long-term effects are you know to have 3,500 people die in one day you know of something seems to be notable whether or not i know chris we were talking offline about you know are they back counting the reality is there's over a hundred thousand people hospitalized right now with this in this country so this is not and again you know, this what again there's there's lies damn lies and statistics right we don't know the truth behind all of that data either. I'm not saying that the data is the data is full of lies. What I'm telling you is that you can prove anything with statistics. And and as you know, Billy, we've talked about this as well. They changed how you count hospitalizations back in the early October. They said anybody who is who is in an observation bed for a certain number of hours counts as a hospitalization, even though sure. even though it doesn't. And if you look well, we can at that look at date ICU in October, beds. if you look at that date, if you look at that date right. in October, you'll see that number increase. You'll see a steady increase because the the and part of that is because the counting method changed. It's like sure. obesity; I mean, the, you can change the reality. Is affecting a lot are, of people. The, you you know, can change the number regardless. of people who are considered obese by simply changing what BMI numbers mean. And what the and what sure. the standards are. But are so we going to deny that a lot of people are being affected by it, right? I mean, oh, no. I don't. Like, I know people who have died. That. I think I think most people know somebody who's been affected. I know a number of people who have died. You know, even my parents who live in Rochester, New York, know people who have died. Yeah. So I think you know, and regardless of whether or not the chances are good, I do think there's this is a legitimate concern. How we react to it. You know, I don't totally disagree with what you were saying, Lucas, about the reaction. I don't. I think shutdowns made sense. You know, in the beginning, when New York was lost thirty-two thousand people, I and think we that knew made very, sense. And, in they made sense in it. New York. They made sense in. They New make York. sense in small pockets if it's out of control, maybe. But you know, does does telling people they can't leave their house make sense? No. Uh, I know somebody else who got it outside at a soccer game, though. I mean, there are th well, this whole "you're outside, so you're safe" thing is not true if you're up against. I don't other think people. they know. I don't think the person who says they got it outside of the soccer game knows they actually got it outside of the soccer game. I find I that extremely that I, hard to believe. So uh, speaking, of, I do we not have this. Uh, I do not. Find, why is that hard to? If you're up on top of somebody outside, it's not. You're not. Well, safe if you're over if you're there on licking them, people. that's one thing. But I mean, if you're just I mean, outside, standing there watching a soccer game next to other people. Well, then why uh, were we upset about air. protests? I'm not upset about protests. I, I, I thought no, protests were a bad idea if you're up on no, top of no, people with no I only I only point out the problem with protests because that is the, the same logic was used the for other things. It was the inconsistency. Yeah. It wasn't that I was actually concerned about protests. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care if people are protests and unmask. I don't care because I don't think it's that dangerous. Now, listen, this me just speculating i'm not an expert in this right i could be totally wrong and i will admit i could be totally 100 percent incorrect 
But my concern was not for the protest. My concern was the lack of consistency in the messaging. Either those are dangerous super spreader events or they are not. It well, doesn't I think matter they, what the, the problem is. Probably all are. could be. But right, and if they cares? all, if the they all the could day, be, then be consistent about that, including at, when it comes to protest. At the end of the day, the, the smartest medical professionals in this country are concerned about this. I think it's smart to be concerned about it. I, I think... I think that conservatives have been a little flippant about it, and I think that liberals have been a little nuts about it. So I think there's there's a truth in the middle somewhere that we need to probably land on. Um, and I think I think that a lot of people in this country are looking for leadership, and I don't know that they're going to get it um, uh, on this issue, and they don't feel like they've gotten that for whatever reason. They don't. I don't know what that leadership looks like. I really don't. Yeah. But people people are scared. It is something that is scaring people still. It's it's whatever the mayor of Los Angeles is not doing is what leadership looks like. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, that's it's, the it's, uh, that's the right answer. And he's not. So what, we people... had the report. Yeah, we have the, the Faith Wire report. It says um, that uh, uh, said Wednesday, Democratic mayor of Los Angeles said Wednesday, it's time to cancel everything as he banned <laughs> all forms of travel and order residents to stay in their homes. And this is in quote, all travel, including without limitation, travel on foot, bicycle, scooter, motorcycle, automobile, or public transit is prohibited. How about what you? The... <laughs> it's, it's what bad. is going on? Yeah. It's bad. I don't and understand. That, like, yeah. Why are why, I mean, I'm I'm and I'm not calling for this, let's be clear. I'm shocked that the whole city is not rioting. Yeah. I'm shocked yeah. that yeah. they've well, just been conditioned yeah. this much. To that just go, oh, just stay in your house, slow the curve, you know, stop the, the spread. The thought, the idea, and listen, like you, I'm not calling for this, but the idea that there has not been rebellion, armed rebellion, at least, okay, any sort of rebellion, armed or otherwise, is amazing to me that, that, that there's not been outright rebellion here. The most rebellion you're seeing is is in the churches. The protests aren't rebellion. They're just out there doing it. And they're just like, oh, I forgot about yeah. not. We're not supposed to. We're supposed to social distance. The people re- being rebellious are the churches, and that's not really that rebellious. Well, I wouldn't. I'm not going to church. That's my choice. Well, I respect that's not everybody's a surprise. choice. I understand why <laughs> yeah, people might. We're not shocked. <laughs> well, I mean, I listen. No, I not because I, you're not because you're afraid of COVID, but because you hate you hate God. Clearly. I I do think that we have to I, listen. I it's not a decision I have to make because I don't run a church. So sure. I I think everyone has to make their own decision. I understand churches staying open and letting people make that choice, you know, for themselves. It's a choice we've decided to wait until you know it's done, and and that's that. And that's why I think the vaccine. Unfortunately, I probably will take it. Be and I you know I I'd like to know more about it. I'd like to know for sure what is in it. I'd like to understand that. But the only way we're going to reach herd immunity, we've been talking about herd immunity, mm-hmm. is if 70% of the population takes the vaccine by the summertime. And so conservatives have talked a lot about herd immunity and how much that we should just have it. It should magically appear, much like the virus was going to magically leave. Well, it's not going to happen unless we do that. So, I, I, And listen, I share all the concerns about the vaccine that you guys do. I and, think and we I should have, tr- have concerns. I, I have trouble... Re- I have have I have, tra- I have trouble requiring or demanding that people take the vaccine when we have less information and less understanding of what the long term impacts of the vaccine are, even less understanding of it than we have long term impacts of COVID. Right. We don't know, like Lucas, we don't know, and and this is something I'm sure that you've even considered is that we don't know what the long term impacts for you are for having it. Like you felt that for a while, and you felt the after effects for weeks, mm-hmm. yeah. and you don't know. You could three four years from down the road and go. 
I'm still feeling something in my in my lungs or in my you know in my or wherever that that there could be long term impacts. We we don't know, but there could be long term impacts from these from these vaccines, and, and we don't know. Well, you want to be zombies? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, it could be another Look, I am like, legend situation. Yeah, life involves risk, and and I exactly. think that you know uh, I would rather I would rather live in a state of risk than not live trying to, you know, control every situation. Now there's a balance in that. I think you can apply wisdom. And so, you know, that doesn't mean I'm just going to go live recklessly and go, ah, I got to take the risk, you know, kind of that no fear mindset. But I think that, you know, we can, we can, you know, make educated uh, decisions and that we should allow people to make them those for themselves. And that's my biggest problem is that we're seeing this, you know, just this, uh, um, just, I mean, I was going to say slow, but it's it's a very quick mm-hmm. uh, socialist mindset shift into America, and specifically in these democratic cities, and and I think I think it's concerning, yeah. and and I think that you know people really need to um, evaluate that, and I I think that there's ways to stand up for what you believe and stand up for your rights uh, that's that's peaceful, but that sends a very strong message, and so you know for me, if I'm talking to pastors, I think they should stay open. Um, they should do it safely. They should encourage at-risk people to stay home, but they should stay open for people that are, you know, in a in a healthy uh, percentage of the population. Yep. And and then let the lawsuits come in, let the fines come in, whatever it is, and then we battle it from there. So, do you think the do you think that the churches should be open and no uh, requirements put on them as far as risks or social distancing or yeah, or percentage I, I, capacity or any of that stuff? If I was, I was very outspoken in support of the governor of Indiana uh, early on in this process, and you know I sent him a letter uh, here fairly recently about uh, um, the the shift that I've seen, you know, in the last uh, the last couple months with this. But if I were if I were a governor, what I'd be saying is I would be going out of my way, you know, as many ways as I can to say, here's what we know, here's what we think prevents this, here's what we think are the ways that you stay safe, but we refuse to you know, to, to put control and, and, uh, to use, you know, force to try to get you to follow these things. And so, the so there approach. might be certain South Dakota, say that again, South Dakota's governor, Christy Nome. you take, you take her approach. Perfect example. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, not so much from a government perspective, but more from a church perspective, you know, I don't know something that's I've been struggling with in the last couple of weeks and you guys won't like this, of course, cause you don't like anything I say lately. No. Um, I will say this issue has made me rethink how I process the conservative mindset as somebody who is more conservative, you know, feeling like this upset, you know, our obsession with rah, 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 America, we're, we have the freedom. We're going to do whatever we want. Freedom is an amazing thing and it's a gift, but, but I often struggle with, are we, do we as a church put the rah, rah, rah freedom perspective ahead of what might be right? or true at moments. And I think we do sometimes. I don't know. I like, for instance, we don't want to take the, and I'm not attacking you, Lucas. Just, there are people who will not take the vaccine. There are people who wouldn't wear a mask the entire time. They wouldn't social distance the other time. Now they're outraged that, and Lucas, you did wear a mask. So again, I'm not attacking you, but now they're outraged that there are restrictions because nobody would do anything to actually contain it. And I, now, having said that, I don't think that these ideas of containing it are good always, but we haven't been willing to do anything, some of us, right? But yet we don't want to do anything to solve it. So where is the solution in it? At what point is there churches, you know, we're going to we're gonna get 3,000 people in a church and we're not going to ask people to wear masks. Well, that's your right. 
I think it's pretty stupid. I and mean, it's your right to not do it. But but like I think there's a responsibility at some point on behalf of the church to not be rah, 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 my freedom America and to maybe be, okay, can we do something to help here? And like for me, it's not about the rah, 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 freedom America. It is about, you know, um, it's not even about my freedom. I I believe that the gospel teaches us to uh, you know, to really limit my freedom for the sake of giving life to others. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I think that that's twisted in this setup. And so we have, you know, kind of this, this, uh, you know, the, the, the church or Christian world is split a little bit. Cause we have people that would say, Oh, Jesus would tell people to stay home. I don't think so. I don't think we have any evidence of that. Jesus went into leper camps. Jesus, you know, took his disciples places. He sent them out, you know? And so I, I think that we, we love to kind of, you know, you know, fictionalize this, how Jesus would respond in our culture, the one thing that I see, you know, categorically is this idea of personal responsibility. And I think it is it is written to the framework of our country, not because it's an American concept, but because it is a Christian concept. And that is that we have we have personal responsibility and we have to balance that with personal freedom. And that is the nature of life in in Christ is that we are free. You know, it's it's essentially, you know, Corinthians saying, you know, Paul writing that, you know, uh, everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. And that needs to be our approach with everything when it comes to this situation. So I think as leadership, whether it be in the church or in the state, we can say, look, everything is permissible, but not everything's beneficial. And I, what we saw early on is people were willing to uh, limit their freedom for the sake of the nation when they felt like they were in control of that decision. But once it started getting into overreach, all of a sudden, all the rah-rah about making masks for people and, and making face shields for the hospital, that disappeared real fast. And then all of a sudden people felt like, no, you're just trying to control me. And the shift was there. If we want people to respond positively, we have to give them the freedom to make that choice on their own rather than forcing it upon them. And, and I think that and I would agree with what you said, but I think that it, that's half of the story. I think the other half of the story was some people were never going to wear the mask. They were never going to. So don't go near them. Don't go near them. Sure. But I'm not concerned about not going near them. And I wouldn't say Jesus would say stay home, but I don't think he'd have a problem with wearing a mask. I, I think there's things that we can do. I We have personal responsibility, but we also have responsibility. And so I'm not going to go out and say Jesus would do this or that. But what I will say is that it feels like a lot of us are putting the rah, rah, rah America ahead of our ahead of our faith. And I think we do that in a lot of issues. We're not really willing to sort of listen and try to understand, OK, is there a middle you know road on some of these things? I, you know, just to me, it's not, I do, I like wearing a mask. No, we've been through this a million times on the show, but I, but I think the government, the only way this is going to stop now, these restrictions is if we do something to help it. And so if taking a vaccine, if there's something that we can do to help prevent even the chaos of what we're seeing with these government restrictions, we ought to weigh those things. Is it your, is it your belief then Billy, that the best way to get these restrictions to stop is to is to just acquiesce and expect that we won't have more restrictions than added on later? Well, not entirely. I mean, if we were able to knock the virus out, there would no longer be an excuse for us to be doing what we're doing. And the virus is always going to be with us, but right. But the next restri- time, the next, the next, the next emergency that comes along, whatever that looks like, it may be less serious or more serious than COVID. We don't, we don't know. But then they start putting these restrictions out. Well, if we acquiesce, it'll go away faster. I mean, uh, you no, that's that not what, understand- I'm, what I'm saying is we have a responsibility. We have a moral responsibility to help prevent people from getting COVID. I believe that. I mean, I think as Christians, we should be it shouldn't be. Oh, well, I don't want to wear this mask. And so I don't that even runs. understand what you I just said. I don't know. I don't know what that means. So explain that, Billy. I don't know what that means. Well, if 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 medical professionals 
and very smart medical professionals, much smarter than we are on this show, right. are telling us that some of these things will help. And we've seen studies showing, I know that you guys still don't believe this, but that some of these things will help. Well, then why is it harming us to do some of those things if we believe they would help others not get sick? I mean, right, it seems like that's that's it's, it, that's. But for every every doctor you can mention that you know that might say that I can prevent I can present to you a doctor I know, including ones that I'm related to and 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 medical professionals that I know and people involved in science that I know and I'm related to who could come who could and I mean like science like nerdy and this is the thing that they do and research this stuff that, that can come and say no th these these things that they're telling us to do aren't actually effective why is it why is it that my uncle and or family members will go to a, a what's what's the guy who the doctor that deals with your lungs the pulmonologist or whatever yeah right yeah. and a respiratory therapist saying these masks that they're having us wear they're useless and this is the guy who's dealing with with family members and friends who are like who have lung problems and are concerned if they get COVID. And he has said, these people, these doctors have said, and, and this is where their specialty lies. And they're saying these masks are useless. The only reason we use them is, is in order to stay open. If that, you can bring up as many doctors as you want, and I can bring up as many doctors as I want. That doesn't get to the ethical, that doesn't answer the ethical question that you have posed, Billy, which I still don't think I quite understand. Well, if 50% of doctors say, that it's good. And I think it's more than that, but fine. We want to say it's 50, 50. I'll take the chance on wearing the mask. If I think it's going to help save a life. I have no problem doing that. And right. I don't think any of us should have a problem doing that. I don't have it, a problem because doing it when like, like today I had a meeting on the way home. I stopped and you know, my line, usually if it's like, you know, just uh, you know, I'm meeting with a single person or whatever, I'll say, Hey, just for the record, I've already had COVID. So, you know, um, you know, whatever your preference is as far as max masks go and that sort of thing, you know? And so, and, and she goes, oh, I'm so glad to hear that. You know, I have some people in my family that have this and this and this and this. And, you know, we've been worried about it. And so I said, cool. So, you know, I kept the mask on. And and so, you know, that was because I saw what her comfort level was. And so, you know, and it felt like the morally the morally right thing to do in that scenario. And which is what my here, point is. It is only okay. it is only something that so you don't understand ethics is the problem, Billy. That's what I'm going to say here. Right. Because I like <laughs> being go. snarky with you. OK. Um. It, it is not an ethical thing if it's forced upon you. It's not it, me it making a moral decision. It wasn't initially forced upon us. So but I understand we, ethics are. very, very well. Yeah, but it, it was ethical. It, we did see a moral decision at the start. This is not a moral decision right now. You going to the store with a mask on is not loving anybody. It's, you know, it's this is what the law is now. This is what the mandate is. I'm robbed of my ability to make a moral decision. So, the so any law, is your, argument that any, is your argument that any law that prevents us from doing something is not based on ethics or morals then in any way. So, so the Judeo Christian tradition of this country, which is the underpinning of most of our laws, they're just, they're just laws. There's no ethical or moral implication to them. That's your argument. No, I don't think I that's because my... I don't understand ethics. So I just wanted to make sure I clarified that with you before I uh, murder, you know, thou shalt not murder, you know, where's my somehow, scroll bar somehow that the ethics of that apparently don't exist in the law. Look, see, a lot of times people are following, you know, moral codes because the fear of punishment. I mean, that's that's why most people don't, you know, uh, don't uh, break the law or or do something because they're afraid of punishment. That's why people don't speed. That's why, you know, now there's certain things that that we view as a society and that we should that are, you know, this uh, this level of, you know, horror that we would never consider doing. And we, we realize, you know, how heinous this crime is. But, you know, we're, we're robbing people of the ability 
you know, to, to just put this under this, the moral ethic, it's my moral ethic when I choose it. And I don't have that, that choice in the way in which, you know, society is moving, especially in these, in the democratic, you know, strongholds around the country. I feel like you're limiting morals and ethics a little more than you think you are, but that's fine. I, I have no problem saying that I think there are moral implications to wearing masks. I think even if, even if four out of 10 doctors said it would help, if I thought it actually could help, I would do it because I think it's the right thing to do. And that, and that's my perspective. If other people don't want to do it that they cannot do it. That's their right not to do it, but um, it's not isn't. their Except right not it to isn't do it now. Right. That's, I agree with what you said. If I felt the like there was a Lucas reason was this was preventing, I, of course, I would wear a mask around somebody. I would be very cautious with them. I'd give them distance. You know, I, my parents, I've not seen them since, you know, March, really. And if I was around them, I would give them distance. I would wear a mask, all those sorts of things. But, you know, I don't have. Why haven't you choice. seen them since March? Because, because they're avoiding him, clearly. <laughs> is there is it the moral thing? To, is it the right thing to do to not see them since March? Is that why you're choosing not to do it? It's no, it's not my choice. It's their choice. Okay, so I'm not so, choosing see, not to. You see have my the parents. right to break the law. I could speed. I have. You have the right to not wear sure. a mask, and you can pay. You can pay the penalty well, no, no, for whatever no, no, it is. No, no, you don't you have. Want. You don't have the right to. Yeah, break you the don't law. have the right. You have that's the a option. Great, that's, you may choose but, to break. Okay, the law. you have the option. Yeah, I I can go out and get in my car. The word right. We you guys are ridiculous tonight. We can we can it's dance so around the meanings of words, but, but the reality is words. The but the rea the reality is the fact that these conversations are so hard to have with people in the church is hurting the church. Like the church looks ridiculous. These are simple. These are simple things. Like but I mean, you're I, not I've written even going. On, what? But you're not even going to church to even have the conversations. Well, I mean, I participate with my church with the people in my church. I communicate with them, so I'm not physically going to my church. I, well, I'm we have church at our house every week. I mean, we're doing church every week. Is your it's church open? Now. Do they have anybody our church, in person? Our church is open. Yes. Okay. Yeah, um, our church is open. People are going in person. I that is not a decision that we would like to make, and so yeah. a lot of some people are doing online, and some people are going. That's how our church has chosen to do it. But they are offering it online. Um, That's fair, and. That, you make and, me want to buy a MAGA flag. I just so, have to say that. But, you know, and but I have to be honest, like this issue has made me look. I understand why people outside and I'm hearing this and I'm in New York. So I'm hearing this like, right. why are Christians acting this? way? There are people watching the church and they're very confused as to why there's such an aversion, aversion to even wearing a mask. And I'm not talking about you guys. I'm saying there are people yeah. who are rah, 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 America. I love Jesus. And they're waving a Jesus flag and they're not willing to even take simple steps to do anything to but help the issue. But also, I think the argument they're is also the being stats. criticized for even going to church by a lot of that same crowd, right? So, okay, you can have the argument that 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 Sally over there is 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 pointing out. Look, I can't believe the church; those church people aren't wearing masks. That same Sally might also say, "I can't believe they're even going to church. That's so irresponsible." I mean, I, everybody's got to draw the line somewhere on what they're willing to submit themselves to and and acquiesce to, right? And I we had this discussion in a Sunday school class. A couple weeks ago and that was and, and that we should have civil disobedience and have the church open and just continue to fight the governor's you know mandates about it was before Inslee had made his announcement exactly what the, and detailed what the mandates were going to be here in Washington state and we're going to have to we're going to have to be closed are they going to limit us to 10 percent whatever and people in the church saying we should just stay open as civil disobedience and I said listen and and I had to say to them and Bill you're going to like this if your reason for staying open is is if your main reason for staying open is anything other than 
we want to stay open because we're trying to grow the kingdom and spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to people, then you're doing it for the wrong reason. Staying open may be a form of civil disobedience, but if your reason for staying open, number one reason for staying open is civil disobedience and not the, the spreading of the gospel, then you're doing it wrong. I agree with that. I agree and, with that. Well, and I don't think the government should be shutting churches down. No. I my, my opinion is much more about what Christians should be willingly doing, not about, I mean, I think that you can't be treating churches differently from other institutions in society. It's not constitutional. It's not right. It's not legal. But I'm troubled by the unwillingness among some to take any steps whatsoever. And so and then oh, the vaccines got the mark of the beast in it. I mean, then there's that whole crowd. So I mean, it's like it's it's and you guys know that this is true. I mean, I these know. people are not willing to do a thing. And the only solutions that are proposed are apparently the mark of the beast. So I mean, look, you've been a very you know, you've you've made you know, throughout your career, you've been very strong against abortion. You know, where does that put you with this vaccine? Yeah, I would I would be uncomfortable taking one that I was certain and I would need to really know everyone. Everyone is speculating about what they think is inside the vaccines. I think I think people are going to have to find that out. And if there's an option that doesn't have it, trying to get that option that doesn't have it. Um, I think that I think that's important. I probably have we probably all taken vaccines that have yeah, it and we don't I, know. Yeah, we I would agree know. with that. I would we agree. No, you know, yeah. um, so I think that's an I think that's an important issue. And listen, I, I'm not trying to like condemn people in the church. I this is how I feel, and I can't. This is how I feel. I'm not saying it's right. This is how I feel. I'm watching it happen. I'm troubled by it. I'm also troubled that by the way we've behaved in politics. I, there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot right oh, now yeah. that you know I'm not a fan of right now. I have right. to be honest. Yeah, and and I and that's that's where we that's where I agree with you, Billy. Is I I'm not for mandates of any kind, including mask mandates. I think that if if you believe masks work, and if I believe masks work, then I should be wearing one, right? If I think if I think if I think that, then absolutely I should. And if I think masks work, it's not it's not out of line for me to say to Lucas, you know, I think they work, and I really think that you should that you should wear one. That doesn't mean I'm not gonna I'm gonna stop being Lucas's friend. Listen, I have a whole long list of reasons to not be friends with Lucas, and that that come way before you know this the mask true. stuff. So, well, can I can I? Say one more. We have another story that actually relates to this. And, and I want to. I, I had one more question I want to ask Lucas go, about masks. Go ahead. But, uh, ask him all about it. Because so please, Lucas, you please. wrote you wrote the letter. I read the letter that you wrote, and it was yeah. And and maybe I'm misremembering. What is the case that you make for the religious freedom that is in, that is uh, how masks in, in, impede religious freedom, or it was something along those lines? I don't want to get it screwed up. So yeah, you, I mean we're seeing we're seeing that at different levels at in different you know different states. So you have a place like California where people are being told not to sing, you know, sure. and that uh, Same with and, you know I mean and and what's that? Same with Washington, we're dealing with yeah, that here. And yeah, so said, don't and, sing, you know, and these we've sorts said of things. Kindly, uh, no. <laughs> yep, and I I believe that you know there's a couple of things. I mean you know we allow you know you have a group like um you know say say the the Amish okay we have an Amish community not too far from where I am probably about 20 30 minutes away and so um you know they have very strict you know things that they live by that they do and don't do and so they need to be able to have the freedom to be able to decide what that looks like you know if we looked at something like an Islamic community um you know I don't know where their opinion is I'm not connected enough there to know you know where they would feel about the mask but I know that, you know, there's certain things about face coverings about, you know, for women, if it's a very traditional, uh, you know, Muslim, that they would believe that a woman's face has to be covered. And if we were all of a sudden to determine that, you know, uh, there was something that happened that, you know, uh, having fabric over your face, 
was creating a problem and you have to remove this fabric, you know, I think that we'd be putting them in a position where it violates their religious freedom. And I would, as a Christian, I would stand up for the religious freedom and their right to do that, even though I don't myself hold that belief. And so, you know, I think in the the nature of when you look at at church and our ability to love other people, I think it is it is extremely limited by, you know, only being able to see, you know, the eyes of people when you walk around and it, it decreases opportunities for conversation, for evangelism, for all these things. And somebody, you know, maybe in Billy's position would say, oh, well, of course, that's what it's supposed to do, because we're not supposed to be talking to each other or looking at each other or breathing on each other or whatever. But you know, for me, I feel like it hinders what I do as a pastor as I go about the whole nature of my job is loving people. And it becomes very difficult. Now, you can make an argument the way I can love people is with a mask. But, you know, that doesn't that doesn't move the gospel. That doesn't there's nobody. I've not had anybody thank me for wearing a mask before. In fact, I've had people just walk by me in silence and not communicate with me. And and, uh, you know, and so I think that, you know, there is a case for it. Uh, and And whether or not it is, you know, um, to what degree that might limit our religious freedom. I think that any sort of mandate should always uh, have a religious exemption on it because it, if something violates your religion, then, um, and, you know, I, I think that's a problem. I think we should stand up for that. Hmm. Okay. All right. I think we so, should be careful the arguments we make on religious liberty, considering what we're about to endure for four years, because if we make, and I'm, I don't think your arguments are all bad, but if we make messy religious freedom arguments at a time when we need to have very solid ones, we could find ourselves in a much worse scenario after Queen Camilla is done. I just don't think masks are a religious freedom issue. I think not singing is a religious freedom issue. Not allowing sure. singing is. I would say not allowing gathering. Masks, I would not count under that. But I, I'm wrong about a lot of things, including being friends so, with both of you. I mean, if we want to take scripture really literally, we could say that, you know, Paul says greet each other with a holy kiss. And yes. so, you know, it is a it is a violation of my ability to follow that scripture by not being able to pucker up on Sunday morning, which is how I how, whenever should Billy, we address the women, the comment whenever I meet Billy in person, that's uh, how we greet each other. So I missed what Billy said. <laughs> I know. I, said, I think it was God's will that he cut him off, though. Uh -huh. What would you say? Probably. Billy? I would have got myself in trouble. No so I'm going to shut right. up. So let's. Hey, I now, Billy, you wanted to bring up another story. Let's take our little edify break. And then we got to go after that, guys, okay. because, so you know, we'll take the edify yeah. break. you come in with our whatever our last story is going to be. I have no That's clue right. what it is you're going to bring up and then we'll do that. Let's okay. do it. Prepare, prepare right, yourself. Just a minute. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. The church boys. Man, I eat these guys. All right, William. I really hate that you guys have, like, turned me into a fake liberal on this show. Like, you fake. have literally... I never said fake. No, you have made you have both made it. I have to take the opposite. The dynamic of having three is that I feel compelled to fight you both on everything now. That's a very liberal position. This is no, I have a terrible personality trait that I if I'm in a group of people, I have to go That's on the also a very liberal position. And also not a surprise. 
Anyway, I hate you both. Um, all right. So actually, uh, Bible illiteracy. I thought this is really interesting. Uh, we've got this uh, expert at the World Evangelical Alliance, and he was basically saying that the biggest problem right now, the biggest challenge is that there's that Bible knowledge is fading, that there's biblical illiteracy all over the world, that in the U.S., young evangelicals, they're leaving the church in droves, um, and that they're being replaced by young evangelicals around the world. Like a lot of young people around the world are becoming Christians young, but even those people don't have a good grip grip on the Bible. They're not understanding scripture and there's nobody to really coach them into it. And then they're kind of put in these leadership positions when they don't really know scripture uh, well enough. Um, but in America, we know that this is a huge issue. Nine percent. We talked about this stat a few weeks back that only nine percent of Americans are reading the Bible daily. Um, I mean, that is like and that. I, and, and people and over probably high. <laughs> yeah. What would you say? I'd, I'd guess that nine percent is high. Yeah. Well, it's the lowest ever recorded, yeah. um, which is which is interesting. La the last year it was fourteen percent. Yeah. So the pandemic has not helped, which is fascinating because I have been reading more than ever in the pandemic. Like it's so just interesting to me that people would be reading less. But but I mean this idea that you know the biggest problem to spreading the gospel is the fact that biblical literacy is at an all time, well maybe not all time, but a, a recent time low. It might right. be all time low. At it least, might be. At least in the last 250 years here. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think that affects how we respond to things, though, like culturally, politically, and every other way? I mean, without yeah, a doubt. Absolutely. 100%. They don't have... It's... it's it, you it, it, hmm. Everything that you read in the Bible should will impact your worldview and how you react to everything that goes on around you. Whether you agree with it or not, it's still going to impact you. You might go totally the opposite way, I suppose. But it's there's a whole reading as as as, uh, as Lucas can attest. Reading as Lucas reads one a book a day because he thinks he's Winston Churchill. Oh, it's so obnoxious! It really is. <laughs> but it changes your perspective and it changes everything around you. So it's it's like filling your mind. If you were to watch a move, you know, some sort of nasty movie every night or every other day, it's going to impact you. There's what you put into yourself is going to come out. Garbage in, garbage out. Good in, good out. It's yeah. Obviously, it's going to impact you. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a major impact. And I don't think it's just people are reading scripture less. I think people are just you know they're reading less in general. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I can't tell you how many people that I you know as a pastor that I've talked to and I'll recommend you know either a section of the Bible or I'll recommend another you know Christian book and they'll go, well, I just don't like to read. You know, and I mean, sometimes these are very educated, you know, professional people. It's not just, you know, it's not just some. It's uh, not just the Chris's of the world. It's yeah, actually it's not just some Chris of the world. You know, Chris these are Billy's of the world. These are these are intelligent people. So, um, you know, it. I think that people are not willing to put in the time. They're not willing to, um, you know, it, it's multiple things. I think they're, you know, if you read scripture and you don't have a revelation of the character and nature of God. It's it becomes really difficult to get revelation on that. And I think it looks and feels just very confusing for yeah. people uh, when they look at it. Yeah. <laughs> Lucas is just doing everything he can to ignore. Like he's got his hand up. He's covering up the bottom half I'm, of the screen. I'm continuing to put messages on the screen to try to mess. So up. I agree. I, I agree with what you said. And it, I, I agree. It, with and it impacts you culturally. Just have an understanding of what this country is about. Period. Even if it doesn't impact your decision making. Listen. As you both know, I, I work with teens every week, uh, dozens and dozens of teens every week. Last night we we we've gotten back together. Our our 
Wednesday night uh, youth group stuff because we had to take a pause for a while because of different restrictions that are going on in the state. And we're back together. And we've got 20 high schoolers and 35 junior hires, right? In a, in a small, small town, right? So you got 55, you know, teenagers, 7th through 12th grade, right? When you've got us, our high school, by our, just the high school, top four grades, is about mm, 110, 115. You had another another 50 in maybe for the for the for the seventh seventh and eighth grade so you got a hundred and say 160 kids in grades seven through seven through 12 and we've got 55 of them coming on wednesday nights that's that's pretty significant anyway you talk with these kids they don't have these are not church kids they have yeah. no they have no understanding of what the bible says we had a uh, I used this example before, maybe even on the show, but I've told people this as far as b- biblical and literacy goes and just a this general knowledge period of anything Christian related. We did a, of course, <laughs> see, I can't ignore it. I automatically go to it and then start laughing. <laughs> we had, we had a, 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 the Wednesday before Good Friday, the Wednesday before Easter weekend, we we're talking to the kids about Easter and Good Friday and we're kind of just speaking as though they know what we're talking about. We've got these blank stares coming back at us. Like how many of you know what, what Easter and good Friday really are. And out of the entire group of kids, dozens of kids there, four knew, wow. had any that's idea crazy. what it was. And I had a class. I had the same thing. I asked, do you know what a nativity is? A nativity. Nobody knew what a nativity was. It's, how do you not know yeah, what the nativity is? Yeah. I've, I've, I've preached on like, I, a year or two ago, preached on Jonah, told the story of Jonah, right? And used that as an example for a launching point for what we were talking about. And I had teenagers come up to me and say, that's a crazy story. I've never heard of Jonah before. Never. How do you not hear? How do you not know the story of Jonah and the whale? It's just a general, everybody should know this. So it's, people I mean, the don't whale's know on this show. People don't, exactly. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's, no. it's in, like oh, no. you. You can't be putting that on the screen. <laughs> Look, I, I I mean, I would go a step further. Like it becomes very difficult, like as a as a teacher, you know, at the church to like there's certain times where you just feel like there's certain themes you can't even bring up, you know, because you have to backtrack so much to yep. be able to get understanding on those things and really be able to bring that together. And I would say like even that nine percent that is maybe reading on a daily basis, like I would question still what percentage that actually understands what they're reading. You know, what does that actually, you know, do they really get it? Do they really, yeah. can they really put that together? I mean, just because you're reading every day doesn't mean that you're, you're understanding the gospel or that you're developing a worldview, you know, right. uh, you know, with a, the biblical centric worldview. And so I think that, you know, Christians are, are wildly under education, uh, under edit, <laughs> I'm proving it right now, <laughs> under educated. Um, yeah. And, and we are, we're seeing the effects of that because they don't know how to respond in culture and in challenging, you know, moral dilemmas that we have today and be able to navigate to a biblical perspective. Well, and it's about to kick up into high gear once these two get into office. I mean, they're the oh, yeah. things they're already proposing are going to create tension Yep, and, you know, I think the church will actually thrive if if those two are uh, in fact sworn into office. I think that the church thrives under persecution, if they, and if I think they, that we're going to see that. If people in the church can get back to the things they're supposed to be focused on, which includes not Trump, then I think we'll be okay. That's uh, as much as I, you know, I have plenty of Christian friends, including Lucas, who who are big Trump fans and love him. If we can get away from Christians being so much so focused on 
being a Trump supporter helps make me a better Christian. Not not you, Lucas, but generally speaking, you, you understand the attitude. Uh, I think we're, we'll all be better off. I think we can if we can get away from tying our political favorite candidates or our political parties to our faith directly. Not not the things that we believe, the the things that we support, but parties and people, and can focus again back on the faith and the stuff that matters. It'll make me a better Christianist. <laughs> um, I agree. You're such a distraction. And you know, I want to let everybody know that's listening that both of these guys love Jesus, and I would never doubt. I would never say anything to cast doubt on that. So when it comes to masks or stupid COVID or any of this stuff, no, you, you know, just, I, no, you would just record something for the first and publish it there. I, so yes. what I can say is that I'm not so sure about my co-host to be able to say the same thing, but that's very kind of you, Billy. People are going to disagree about things, and I think this is I think this is important. Like you're going to disagree about big things that aren't salvation issues, and you're going to say like, "Listen, I think I like Lucas would say I think that Christians should." you know, technically be responding in a way that would knock down socialism in all of its forms. And I wouldn't totally disagree with that, but there are going to be others who are like, well, maybe there's some things that are, you know, maybe healthcare is something we should negotiate. And you're going to have these disagreements and everyone thinks they're right, um, but they're not salvation issues. What is a salvation issue is that the church Mass has court. turned off evangelism <laughs> this year as a result of of shutting down. And so, like, if we talk about things like developing a biblical worldview, you know, the spreading the gospel um, and evangelism and reaching the lost is about as high up as you get for this. And, you know, my concern is that we have we have really let a whole year go by and a whole generation of people. I mean, think about just how many people have died of non-COVID related deaths this year that never had an opportunity to hear the gospel. Mm. And, you know, when you look at the inactivity of the church this year and the the uh, um, kind of how reclusive we've all been, I think that they're you know, I think what we're going to see if you could if you could trace, uh, uh, you know, wins for the kingdom of heaven, you know, on a graph, I think this year is going to be a major low hmm. uh, when it comes to reaching the lost as a result of all. That's this. interesting, because I, I do, too. I wonder if I, I don't know. I mean. That's interesting that that's your take. I don't have a solid take on the opposite end, but I did see I have seen a lot of churches adapting and doing other things virtually that I've found interesting, right? Like but, even but Harvest the, having Harvest had historic days for people not only attending their church online but making decisions for Christ. Now, is that replicated throughout the entire church? Probably not. Yeah. Uh, but I would actually say my kids are more engaged with the gospel than they've ever been not being at church. And that has nothing to do with church. It has to do with intentionality. If sure, you're not, you guys are being yeah, intentional. Right. Not but everybody is. I think most people speaking, aren't. Right. But that's yeah. the, that, and I think that speaks to Lucas's point. And the other thing, it, and it goes along the lines of people saying, a pastor saying, listen, this is a time for us to show that the church isn't just a building, right? Except that you haven't done it, right? And by the way, that not the building itself, but the coming together of the believers is an important part of church. So that we can, I agree with. Getting, I do agree with you on that, and, and that's do, what we do miss. And that's and that is that is a huge problem, right? So it's this is a chance for we have shown that the church can be the church without without meeting on Sundays. No, no, you haven't. You haven't done that. No. Well, Billy's, maybe some have Billy's though. Fam, I, I would Billy's actually love to hear grown, from listeners. Billy's family has grown church. spiritually, but as far as the church doing church things and ministering to people, 
Yes, people are do uh, people. I I do believe that there are that you will find instances. I don't think you're going to find it as a general rule, but I think you will find instances yeah. of churches going out of their way to say, "There's families who are struggling right now because so and so lost their job, so we need to come together and help." Absolutely, you you have seen that happen. We can all point to examples of that. I think that that has happened, and I think that has happened more generally than it has in the past. I don't, however, think that that's the rule for most churches. I think that most churches. I don't know. Have I would love off. to know. I would love to know. I think that you're seeing it in places like California. You know that they're becoming more successful at it with some of the bigger churches. You know they have some resources to be able to do it, and there is there's stronger, you know, persecution and and mandates against them than there have been in other states. And so I think Christians are going, no, not on my watch, and they're rising together to to you know appreciate those freedoms and celebrate them. Uh, and I don't mean that in a way of like just demanding, you know, that they get their, you know, I'm not going to wear a mask like we were talking about earlier, but I, they really, they don't want to give up the right to worship Jesus together. Um, I think that, you know, but look in, at California, look at Sean Faust or whatever his name is traveling the country and thousands of people showing up. I just, I'm not saying you guys are wrong. I do want to present the other side that the, I have actually seen more activity and more claims of revival in some areas than I've ever seen on social media before at least right. but well, again general, you know general social media general, i'm saying that i walk rule. around on the street and go to work every day and and leave my house and church attendance and involvement is crazy crazy low and i can tell you the number of people that i know who have left church or stopped going to church or stopped viewing you know i mean we're seeing reports of that all the time i mean i was just on a call today with you know a dozen pastors you know and talking through some of those issues that they're facing I mean, this is it, this is a this is a. I mean, there might be victories, and, and I shouldn't even say there might be. There are huge victories this year in the midst of a trying time, but there are huge catastrophic problems that are going to take us, I think, a while uh, um, to rethink and to climb out of as as the church. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to have to. It's listen. It's going to be an uphill battle. I'm hoping by next summer we have some semblance of normalcy back. Some, hopefully, most of it. It would be nice to have most of it back. We could have we could have it back a lot sooner. I have it now. <laughs> yeah. uh, we could have we could have it back a lot sooner if people will just say, you know what, enough of this. I'm take my my personal responsibility. I'm there's a thing called acceptable risk. What am I willing to do? What am I willing to risk? And if you if well, you don't feel Biden just said that elementary schools can safely reopen. Well, I'm glad. Which he, is, I'm glad they've all flip flopped us, at the same exact know. time. They've all flip flopped at the same exact time. It's why. remarkable. I wonder why. I wonder how that happened. Yeah, there's not some sort of communication going on amongst all these people. There's no, there's no, there's no hand holding that's going on. There's no communication. Just like how Facebook and Twitter and YouTube all said today. Oh, by the way, we're going to continue to censor more and more on hate speech. They all today announced this. All of them. It's this show would not last very long on any of those. No, no. No, it wouldn't, especially if the banners at the bottom were allowed to be viewed. Well, it's been fun, guys, and I will say that um, I've enjoyed night. fighting with you, as usual. You've turned me into a total progressive. Thank you. <sighs> poor poor Billy, the Billy the ninny. So. We didn't get to end on anything horribly funny today. Normally, we're hysterical. I mean, I think Just your stances probably would account for, you know, some of the comedy. So at least we put together a show. I I guess that's what you could call it. Hope your Thanksgiving was great. We didn't even talk about that mess. The Church Boys. 
How about new? In his, shall we say, weight group, had what is morbidly obese, they say. You can kick their balls, but you can't touch them. Why are you in a 